excited now that I'm blinded. I'm uh, really excited that you're here. Um, I'm going to go real quick so we can hit up some worship and some small groups. But just a recap, uh, if you haven't been with us, we've been in a series called How to Live, Love, and Look Like Jesus. Our first week, uh, I brought up a chair uh, and like I, I did some ninja kicks and broke off legs. It was pretty sweet. I did it in like one try. Not really. Uh, but I, I repaired the chair. Um, so I brought it back. It looks pretty good. Pretty. Fr- I'm just kidding. I didn't repair it. It's actually the same chair but different. Um, but basically what we talked about was that our walk with Christ um, could be modeled by these four legs uh, in this chair. So then when we are hanging out with God, we are able to rest in him. And when any of these areas in our life uh, are not uh, present we spend most of our relationship with God balancing, trying to balance it, and a lot of times it's discouraging and so forth. So I'm going to go real quick and kind of share all four legs with you. The first one, who can who can tell me the first one we talked about the first week? Time in prayer. That's awesome. So nothing spiritual, just talking to God, putting on some worship music, kicking it, sharing your thoughts, sharing your heart uh, with God. Uh, number two leg was time in what? The Bible. The Bible. That's good. That's good. Uh, not just randomly opening the Bible up, which that's okay because that's how I found God, but actually taking some time with a pen, pencil, highlighter, underlining, um, and just writing down thoughts, things that apply to you. Uh, last week, uh, we spent some time in iServe, and we just kind of modeled serving. Uh, that's the third leg right here, uh, making sure that our daily lives throughout the week, we are serving uh, people versus just ourselves. If Jesus came to serve, uh, and not be served, then we should follow his example and do the same thing. And the fourth leg, which is what we're talking about today, is uh, Christian community. Wow, it's like you were here last service. That's crazy. Way to go. Gold star, gold star. It's on the wall. Y'all cheated. Y'all cheated. You're in church. You cheated. Anyway, okay, so we're going to talk about that today. We're going to jump right into Hebrews. We're going to put that on the screen. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24, this is what the writer of Hebrews says. He says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. His return, talking about Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your presence. We thank you, Father God, for this space. God, we thank you for your word, Lord God, that it speaks to us even now, 2,000 plus years later, that it's alive, that it's breathing, and that you want to pierce our hearts tonight and just teach us and show us the importance of community and how incredible it is, and God, how it can actually transform our lives. So Lord God, I pray that today that we would leave different from the way we came in. Father God, that your presence would begin to transform our hearts even now. God, that we would remove whatever it is that we come with in terms of blocking away your presence and what you're trying to do with our lives. And, Lord, we say today that our hearts are open. We are ready to receive. We are ready to connect with you. Father God, and we want to leave knowing you just a little bit more. So, Jesus, I pray that you would be glorified at this time. God, that you would be made famous in our schools and our neighborhoods and in our families. God, encounter us today. We love you, and it's in your precious name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. I'm a little uh, stuffy, so I might sniff a lot. I hope that's okay. 
Um, so growing up, I moved around a lot. Um, we can say that, thanks. We uh, moved around a lot, uh, but when I was really young, like elementary age, uh, it was kind of exciting. It was great. Um, new place, new room, being the oldest. Like I would jump in and be like, back up. You know what I mean? Like I got this room called Dibs. It was exciting. New neighborhood, new school. Um, so it was great. I mean, it was until like, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade. But the reason was because during that time, what I realized is that all my confidence, all my self-esteem came from the approval of my parents. It, it, it came from their affirmation. It came from their love. Not saying they didn't love me later on, but during that time, it was what was most important. If my parents loved me and approved of me, I was good. I was pretty respectful, pretty disciplined kid. I played soccer, so I had my dad's approval because he played soccer. And with my mom, as long as I kept my room clean, which was pretty decent, and I ate her food, like, we were good. You know what I mean? Like, she loved me, approved of me, and her food was really good. She could cook real well, so not that big of a deal. Um, so there was approval there. But then all of a sudden, in sixth or seventh grade, things shifted. Things transitioned in such a way that all of a sudden, my parents' approval and their affirmation was just not enough. What I felt from them was still the same love, but it didn't matter as much to me. All of a start, all of a sudden, all of us started. All of a sudden, sorry, I'm Spanish. I get tired. You know, it's crazy. Uh, but all of a sudden, I started um, really taking into importance what others thought about me. All of a sudden, it mattered if my friends thought I was cool. All of a sudden, it mattered if what I was doing was important, if I was being noticed. All of a sudden, I started looking at my friendship circle and going, okay, they're not cool. They're not cool. Going to move away, you know, like move this way. Um, and I felt like they were starting to drag me down and so forth because I was getting a lot of attention because I played soccer. I did pretty well at it. And I was getting more attention than other people. And I liked that attention so much. I started doing things that I normally wouldn't have done. I started saying things to people that I normally wouldn't have said. I'm not sure if you've experienced that transition yet. I'm assuming, yes, being in high school, the approval of your parents, though it's good, you know it's there, but you're more focused on maybe what other people think of you. It's a little bit more important who actually notices you. And, and maybe you're like me, that when I moved like later in ninth grade, it was different. All of a sudden, I didn't have as much attention as I did when I was in eighth grade. The attention kind of shifted. I wasn't as important. I wasn't as cool in that moment. Um, and, and things got a little bit different. And I was like, until soccer season came around. But like things got a little bit different to where I started acting and doing things that I knew wasn't okay. And it shifted. And I believe it shifts for you as well. And I want to be really, really, really honest with you. Because if you're stressing about what other people are thinking about you, if you're allowing peer pressure, you're allowing other people dictate some of the things you say and you do, number one, God is, God is teaching us today, I believe, that we can think a different way. That there's a, a different way that we can begin to consume our minds 
that's extremely different and I'm excited to talk about. But the second thing is the people that are leading you down a different path, the people that are leading you down places that you know you shouldn't be walking, you, should, you know you shouldn't be saying these things, and you know that it's just not who you are, those are not your real friends. They're not. See, the writer of Hebrews is really, really specific, and I think he wants to share some, something with us that's so important. First thing he says is this, and, and he shows us kind of what we can focus uh, our thought life on. He says, let us think of ways to motivate one another, to inspire one another to acts of love. So motivate each other. Inspire one another to action, to action of showing love, action of good works. Not to spend our thought life on what others think. Not to spend our thought life on, oh, uh, if I do this, if I say this, will I get retweets? Will I get likes? Will I get this? Will I get acceptance? Will I get approval? Because it's, it's true, like at this age, what happens is, and it doesn't go away, but you're able to understand something that God, the creator of the universe, loves you just as you are. Approves of you just as you are. And the more we begin to realize that, we can shift our mindset, shift our thinking to, talk, to, to more being about motivating and inspiring one another. Now, I think that what we can do, a way that we can inspire, a way that we can motivate. Last week, we did I Serve together, and, and Jeff shared, if you were here, Jeff shared a little bit of his story. And what's cool is that every week, he's filling up backpacks. Every week, he's going into Jackson County and Barrow County, handing over 250 backpacks to students that are, have reduced lunch or they have free lunch. Because in the reality, on the weekend, they don't have lunch. They don't have dinner. And it's an opportunity for them to be able every single week to grab that backpack full of food and they have enough for them and maybe a couple family members. What if there's a couple people in your school or in your hood or, or in your sports team or whatever you're spending your activities outside of school, what if there's a group of people that you know that maybe wouldn't step foot in church because they don't do that, but maybe they would be okay with going to do an act of service? You can motivate them, even though they don't know God, to bring them in to do something so simple, such an easy resource right next door that you can bring it and pack backpacks. And I, I believe with all my heart that in that moment when you are serving, that God's love will literally flood their hearts and they'll feel God's presence because what you're doing in that moment is a selfless act. And the Holy Spirit moving through you that you can communicate God's love to them. And then maybe that bridges a gap for you to be able to invite them into a community. A community of Christians. A believers. A community of like-minded people. See, I love what the writer of Hebrews highlights next. He goes, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another. I can't not stress enough the importance of meeting every Sunday night and being consistent every Sunday night. The importance of, of going to FCA or if you're a part of NG3 throughout the week, the importance of being able to connect weekly with other believers. 
the importance of connecting with your small group outside of Sunday nights. The importance of being able to gather together, even if you're just doing schoolwork. But let's be real, things are hard. And they might not be hard in terms of you don't have food to eat, or they might not be hard in terms of you don't have a place to stay, but things are hard in your because there's pressure from school, there's pressure from work, there's pressure from parents, there's pressure emotionally. There's a ton of overwhelming things of so many tests and scores and this and that that you have to endure, and it's not easy. It's not. And the enemy will try to get in your mind and say, you don't have time for church. You don't have time for Sunday nights. You don't have time for FCA. You don't have time to spend time with your small group outside of church. The reality is we do because we make time for what we really want. And I believe what you really want is to be encouraged and not discouraged. I believe that you want to be someone that's remembered, someone that knows your name versus being neglected. Not because them not knowing your name just because you're doing something random that's fun or funny, because you are who you are. So I cannot stress enough the importance of what Hebrews is talking about right here to not neglect our meeting together. And, and above all, encouraging one another to instill courage because we all need it. We all do, regardless of where you are. Regardless of your situation at home, at school, whatever, we need that courage. Together, we can receive that. Together, we can experience that. And when you come on Sunday night, you experience that courage from God's presence. When you connect with people in small groups outside of Sunday nights throughout the week, you experience that. Because God's word said, where two or more are gathered, in my name, I am there. So it's God's presence that comes in and encourages us as we continue to motivate each other into action. See, Jesus' words, um, and, uh, and honestly, it, it's one of those verses that, that I hold close to. It's probably one of my favorite verses. It's in John chapter 16, verse 33. He, he says this, and we can declare these words, and he's talking to us. He says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me, so that you would have peace. So the stress the overwhelming, the anxiousness, all those things are not what God to experience. Is it going to be difficult? Yes. Things are not going to be just easy. But in the midst of all those things, God wants you to know that you can have peace. He goes on to say, he says, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. It ain't going to be easy. But take heart, meaning have courage, because I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world and declare that as well. So what I want us to do is two weeks ago, hands all over this room went up saying, hey, I'm going to commit to read my Bible. I'm going to commit to spend time in prayer every day. And here's what I want you to know. It's okay if you've missed a few days. It's okay if you only did it on Monday. Start back tomorrow. Just because you've missed a few days, it wasn't real. Doesn't mean there wasn't something in the pit of your gut that's like, I need time in God's word. 
I need time in prayer. We can continue that commitment because Jesus is so forgiving and so loving. And at the end of the day, he's just waiting to hear your voice. He's waiting for you to spend time hearing his voice through his word. And through that, you'll get to know his voice so much better as you walk with him. Today, what I want us to do is I want us to make a conscious decision to change the way we think. To change the way we think. To stop thinking about what other people are thinking about us. Stop thinking about and stressing about what others might say. But to start changing the way we think in terms of we can motivate and inspire one another to action. And here's the thing. Some of us in the room might, might get on the defense if somebody says, hey, like, you know, let's, let's stop doing this and let's go out and do that. Hey, why don't we get a group together and go serve at ISA? Or, or, or hey, what about next week, a perfect opportunity for you to come and, and share and invite someone that normally wouldn't come to church. We're going to have a live uh, halftime show, free food. Hey, this is for you. This is for you. You guys ask for wings, we're getting wings. Like, uh, this, is, this is for y'all. For, for us to feel like family, what I believe is I believe God wants to expand our family. Because there's, you know, friends that you have that don't have a community like this. That don't have a place that they can be who they are. That don't have a place that they can experience God's presence and God's love. Because either A, we haven't invited them, or B, they keep saying no. Well, guess what? Keep asking. Keep asking. And next week's a perfect week because we're all going to be watching the Super Bowl together. Do it here. Let's enjoy it and let's have a good time. It's a perfect opportunity. So stop thinking about what other people might think, might say, and let's start motivating each other into action. Second thing, change the way we think in terms of we don't have time for Sunday night. We don't have time for FCA or NG3 or or meeting with our small group outside of it. Hey, we, we know we need it. We know we need it. Experience the weeks that you've gone without, and something's different. There's a reason God has brought us all into community. There's a reason we're all different. There's a reason each and every one of us were created in God's image, and not one of us are the same. There's a reason when we encounter each other, we get to experience a piece of God, and we don't get to experience with anybody else when we choose to be who we are. So let's stop neglecting. Let's stop being and meeting together, because it's so important, so important to meet outside of here as well. Because I believe highly that community, community can change the way we act. Community can change our action outside of here. And as we do that, and as we connect, that God's going to be able to display our purpose and, and where we're called to be and where we're called to go.